Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Automation Morning Show. My name is Sean Tierney, and I'm back after a week uh, off due to illness. So it's good to be back. I'm not at 100%, but I'm feeling 90%. So I wanted to come back on and do the morning show and you know take a look at everything that's new and exciting in industrial automation with you. And um, with that said, let's go ahead and get started. Today is July 7th, 20, uh, July 7th. Today is not July 7th. Today is July 17th. 2023 and uh, see i told you it wasn't 100% so in any case i'll try to speak up i know i'm talking softly because i'm still not 100% but i'll try to speak up so we can uh, cover everything together and uh, i want to start the show by thanking our sponsor the automationschool.com who makes this possible they that's where you'll find all my plc hmi and scada courses so with that let's go ahead and jump right in and see if we can take a look at what's new and industrial automation and i want to start with a press release from rockwell about a new hmi panel they've released it's called the optics panel and uh, it's a graphic terminal it uses the factory talk optics development software that's where you'll de de design your hmi screens and you'll download it to these panels they have uh, multiple versions of this panel available now it looks like they come in a compact model uh, which are designed for to be really smaller physical size and uh, they have a standard model which uh, have a larger screen and the ability to operate independently on two different networks and then they have stainless steel models um, with the ip69k rated option um, a little concern uh, i want to know more about these names because in the past we used to call the panel view plus compact the panel view plus six or panel view plus compact um, and then change that name to panel view plus seven standard so i don't think those are the same have the same meaning here with the factory talk optics panel people and we do hope to have them on the automation podcast in the coming months now that this product has been released and i'm also looking forward to seeing it at um seeing it uh at automation fair this uh november so looking forward to that that's in boston so uh, pretty close to where I'm at. Uh, next up, we have a new product from Banner. Now, you may uh, recognize the K100 line of beacons, but this is a new basic beacon that's designed to be daylight visible, even in bright, uh, bright sunlight. So um, that's, uh, that's new and pretty cool. So in any case, um, you might want to check that out. Uh, all of our links later today will be up at automate.news. So everything I cover will be up there. I'll have links to all of them. I usually start adding them right after the show. So in any case, you can get these in IP66, NEMA 4X, and IK10 rated editions. So check that out. Um, we also have a new HMI from Umron. Now this is their NYE series. And uh, this uh, is really an update to the NA5 series. So you're going to be able to reuse your runtime resources from the NA5 on the NYE, but it's an updated design, updated components and whatnot. So if you're using the Omron HMIs, you may want to check that out. We also have an announcement from Wago. This is something I just noticed appear on their website. Now you may be fami uh, familiar with their Pro 2 power supplies. We actually have one behind me that we use here and we've detailed it on the show. And uh, the one behind me has the IO link adapter. Well, what they, what I've saw that was new on their website this morning was that they now have an Ethernet IP adapter. And this Ethernet IP adapter also supports MQTT. 
So if you want to get detailed information out of your uh, power supply, maybe it's uh, providing power to your control system, um, this is a nice add-on. And especially for those of you who are using control systems that use Ethernet IP. Um, they also had a, a press release on their new gel boxes. Now, if you're not familiar with these, these allow you to take your connections, your cable connections, and put them inside of a box that will protect them from moisture, all right, and condensation. So that's a great picture of it there if you're watching the show. And from there, we have another new product announcement. This one from Balif. This is their new miniaturized fork sensors, okay? So think of these as a little photo eyes uh, shaped in the U. And uh, you can see here they have six different designs, right? So in any case, you can see here one with a quick disconnect. So I wanted to share that. And uh, IDEC today announced or was shown on their website their new SA2E miniature photo eyes. And I don't know if this is a brand new line or not, but it did pop up as being a new featured product on their website. And uh, basically, you know, these come in through beam, polarized retroreflective, diffuse retroreflective, background suppression, and small beam models. So interesting announcement there. Uh, Softing also had a press release today or recently that talked about the new version 3.5 of their edge connector. Now this, we talked about this, I think back in March, we talked about how this software uh, sits in a Docker container and allows you to connect to either Siemens S7 or um, their uh, 804D um, uh, CNC machines, Numeric and uh, or Numeric, or their uh, Modbus TCP type uh, devices, right? So this now will be able to sit inside a Docker container that runs on an ARM-based uh, CPU. So think of like a Raspberry Pi, right? So if you had a Raspberry Pi, you're running Docker on it, you can now run the Edge Connector from Softing on it, which is pretty cool. It really reduces the size of your Edge device. And I know there's a lot of companies out there like OnLogic that make ARM-based industrial PCs, IPCs. So it's good that they're adding the support over at Softing. We had talked about getting them on the Automation Podcast. Still hope to get them on someday to talk about some of their products. Now we'll go over to uh, Rexroth. Uh, they announced recently that they have a new compact spiral transport system. So for those of you who are listening to the show after the fact and not watching the live show, um, there's an image here of what you would think of a spiral staircase. Well, this is a spiral conveyor belt. And, uh, you know, this is a new announcement from Rexfrost, a new product they're offering. And if you're interested in them, check that out. BNR had also had a new article out recently talking about how to create a pick and place uh, application in just minutes using their map software. So they have an application that allows you to go through. In this picture, they're showing a, uh, a Delta robot here. Let me zoom in for those watching. And you can see there's three different conveyor, conveyor lines with three different types of products on it. We'll just call it red, green, and blue. And uh, the map software would make it easy for you to program this Delta robot to do this pick and place function. So in other words, you know, maybe the red goes in first or orange goes in first and then the green goes in the box second and the blue goes in third. And so um, very interesting stuff. Love to get them on to talk about that some more. From there, we go over to articles, and Rockwell had an article, and I don't share a lot of these because they're mostly marketing speak, but I thought this one was really interesting. I want to spend some time with it, uh, on it with you, 
And uh, this one talks about a report that 44% of uh, consumer goods packaging or consumer packaged goods companies um, are, you know, accelerating their companies using digital transformation. And part of that is to improve quality. So let's take a look at some of the results here. Um, first of all, uh, they say 52% of these consumer packaged goods manufacturers see inflation as their biggest obstacle in 2023. Not surprising, right? So inflation has just hit a lot of sectors pretty hard. Um, they also saw that 44% are uh, accelerating the digital transformation to improve quality, while 42% are doing it to compete uh, to compete with uh, their competitors, right? To keep up with their competitors. Um, they also say that about tw it's about 20% of their op operating budget, which they're investing into technology. And uh, the top investments include uh, cloud technology, supply chain planning, which I can see that being very important, and cybersecurity, which heartens me to see that up there, right? We talk about that quite a bit on the show. Matter of fact, I think the next podcast will be all about cybersecurity. So in any case, 57% um, of businesses are using software to automate their processes, whereas 63% are using it to better track corporate data. And then uh, 48% um, are increasing process automation to address labor shortages. Now, I want to end on this one. 90% believe they will maintain or increase the size of their workforce. And I think that's important. A lot of time automation gets a bad rap. We put people out of business. But in reality, that's like saying tying an ox to that wheel. You know, you see in the old movies right back in the day, they would tie an ox to a wheel to automate some process, whether it was grinding or pumping or whatever it was doing, right? Just like you would with a windmill, right? And that's really what I see as automation doing. Automation is here to alleviate people from having to, like we just saw with that Delta robot, having to spend all day picking and placing. I had jobs like that when I was in college. They are mind-numbing, right? So, um, you know, this is to free people up. And honestly, people today, uh, given, you know, it's the 21st century, they don't want those types of jobs, right? So in any case, this frees up humans to do more productive things, which is awesome. So in any case... And uh, we, we talked about previously a TED Talk where they said every time something, you know, there's an advancement in technology or automation, job jobs grow exponentially. So it's very, very good for us to do things more efficiently. That's what it ends up being. We're just doing things more efficiently. So with that, let's go over to another article. Now, this one was from PNF, and this is about Ethernet APL is ready for deployment. So single pair Ethernet and Ethernet APL are two things I've been keeping track of because I think it's a great technology and I do think it's going to be big in our future. And uh, this article really kind of summarized where we are. We talked about the big uh, test that was done back in March that was a uh, scalability and uh, um, fault tolerance test. And uh, that included partners like Endris Hauser and there were so many. We talked about it back then. And so this article from PNF really goes through that and talks about how it's it's ready for it's ready for deployment. It can now be start showing up in the field because um, you know all the pre work has been done and there are products out there, including from PNF, that support it. So wanted to share that with you this morning. Next we have an article from Omron. Now this is a top six trends shaping the packaging industry, and I'll just go through the the headlines. Of course, you'll find the link to this and everything over at Automate.News. 
But let's just take a look at those six trends. Um, actually, we'll just take a look at the first five. Robotics and AMRs are boosting productivity. Absolutely. We talk about this quite often. Smart packaging applications are harnessing real-time monitoring uh, data to ensure the highest quality. So, yes, I mean, uh, you know, we talk about this digital transformation, and a lot of it just has to do with using what you already have, right? So for years, people have been putting in sensors that have IO-Link, but they never use the IO-Link feature, right? Or they have PLCs that have just, uh, you know, and I.O. modules that have just a lot of great information and they haven't utilized that information, right? Because getting the machine running is number one, right? And now I think people, you're seeing a lot of people going back and trying to use the data in their existing systems, right? It's kind of like if you if you made the switch from uh, one operating system to another, maybe you jumped from Windows 10 to 11, but you haven't actually explored all the usability features in Windows 11 yet. I know I haven't. Um, you know, that's what people are doing. That's what I think a good analogy to what people are doing. Um, number three, artificial intelligence, which I, I hate the term because it's not true, but artificial intelligence is crunching data to optimize the packaging process. Now, we are seeing what they, people are calling today, it's a marketing term, artificial intelligence, right? Well, uh, another term people use is machine learning or... Um, you know, there's so many different terms for it. But in any case, what people are doing, they're using better algorithms to look at data, to look at more data faster to get better results. And I, we see this in everything. We see AI turning up in cameras to, so they make it their inspection, both the, the configuration easier and the inspection more accurate and just on and on and on. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree with that one. Here's number four. Industry 4.0 is combining multiple automation technologies to improve efficiency and reduce costs. I think that is just a, you know, that is just a given, right? And then number five, digital transformation efforts are helping manage orders, track shipments, boost quality, and improve sustainability. If anything, COVID showed us where we have, you know, where the weakest links were, right? Not only, you know, in regards to the great resignation and people, you know, who were working long into retirement said, I'm done with this, you know, but also, you know, by having so many people who were working remote, you know, more and more people got learned about what was going on in the processes because they had to, because there was less people actually, um, you know, actually at the plant. Right. So in any case, I have to agree with these. I think this is a good list and a good article from Umrun. All right, now let's go over the Grace. Grace has a new article about um, how they implemented Grace Sense with an automotive manufacturer, they have, uh, because of reduced staff and having trouble hiring people, they found that they're overworking their equipment a lot. And they're very concerned about that, not only for safety reasons, primarily, but secondary, the life of the equipment, right? How long are you gonna be able to keep it running if you're overworking it, right? Working it past its tolerances. So uh, Grace went in, and this is a great article that kind of goes through what they did with the end user with uh, CTs and temperature and vibration to ensure that uh, they get alarms when uh, the equipment's being overused or overworked, okay? And so I wanted to share that with you this morning. And then finally, in this section of the show, we have this new infographic. Now it says IDC at the top, but it was uh, sponsored by Schneider Electric. And this is an infographic about the rapid pace of industrial robotic integration. And I really thought this was interesting. We've talked about the explosion of the uh, of uh, AMRs and uh, robots everywhere, and uh, cobots too. 
But there was some cool information in this uh, this uh, uh, infographic I wanted to share with you. It's a it's a very long PDF, right? Like a multi-page PDF. And you can see uh, 2019, 2020, 2021. So they're graphing out here the growth of uh, industrial robots uh, worldwide in different segments. And uh, orange being the latest uh, year they have uh, data for in this report, which is 2021. And you can just see across every single area, whether it's electronics, automotive, um, metal machinery, plastic chemical, food, uh, 2001, uh, 2021. <laughs> so a huge increase in the uh, implementation and growth of uh, robots installed worldwide. And um, from what we've seen before, 2022 was even greater than that. Um, now, they also talk about the future of spending and uh, based on area geographically, I mean, that can range from anywhere of a predicted 8% to 15% growth in spending uh, worldwide and on robots. So very interesting uh, infographic here. They also have, you know, who, what countries have the most robots per people and so on. So I'll put a link again with all the links up at automate.news if you want to see this. But I thought they did an excellent job on this and it was very interesting uh, to look at. Uh, from there, we go to our sponsored product. Uh, I had somebody in the chat ask me if I offer PCS7 training. No, I do offer S7 PLC training though. But today's sponsored product is ViewSE. I offer a ViewSE basics course. This is, I call it basics because we don't do server client, but I go through everything you need to know from what ViewSE is, how it works, to creating an entire application, including global objects, face plates, uh, using plant PAX. Um, I also talk about, uh, you know, using placeholders and parameters correctly so that you can use your global objects and your face plates with any PLC, right? And how you can design something once and use it with multiple processes. So you may have one PLC control and multiple processes, right? So how do I use this, this graphic this or pop-up with you know line one, line two, line three, all in the same PLC or in different PLCs? So I go, we go through it soup to nuts. We do alarming, both the old alarming and the new alarming factor talk alarming events. We go through all of that. I even go through showing you how to set up SQL Server if you want to uh, uh, you know, do some test uh, data logging to your local machine and uh, using Microsoft SQL Server. So we go through that. It really is a soup to nuts course. I believe it's well over 10 hours in length. Plus, you, you not only get it when you get this, you not only get the course for life, you get support from yours truly for life as well. So in any case, um, the reason I'm highlighting this particular product today is because um, later this week, I have the VUSC people scheduled to record a podcast. So it's one of my favorite products. You know, I, I, we've talked before about, I go all the way back to View 32, uh, RS View, the original RS View, Intelligent View, Control View. Um, well, let's just say Intelligent View. And uh, so in any case, uh, looking forward to having them on the show later this week. Uh, with that, let's go into downloads. So I thought this was very interesting. If you're using the Micro 800, um, there is a new user-defined function block, UDFB, for the Micro 800 that uh, gives you MQTT support. So very interesting, I have not used it myself. You can see it's been downloaded 575 times so far since it was uploaded last week. Let's see if we can uh, double that number, guys. So if you're watching and you have a Micro 800, grab a copy of that software. And I would love to know how you guys think it works, you know? So in any case, from there, <coughs> excuse me, live TV. Um, 
we go to a couple of videos over at Opto22. Um, the first one is uh, titled Improve OEE in Minutes or Zero to OEE in an Hour. And basically what this is, this is a video of Opto22 Partners where they go through and start from scratch and build some OEE dashboards, right? Utilizing MQTT, utilizing Opto22, and a lot of other technologies. So looks like an in interesting watch. And, um, you know, if you're using Opto22, probably a must watch because it looks really interesting. From there, we also have the latest in the Opto22 Groove Manage series of videos. This one's on Manage Systems. So if you're using, again, Opto22, you'll want to check that series out. And now we're on to literature. Got a lot of new literature from Rockwell today, starting with the Safety Device Library uh, new reference manual. And I thought this was really interesting because we all know about the add-on add -on, uh, instructions. We all know about um, plant packs. We've covered that many, many times. But in any case, um, I wanted to go and show you, just give you a little feel for this. So if you're using any of Rockwell's Safety I.O., you can see here on this page, they're showing all of the different instructions, DCS, DCS, S, DCSTL, I don't have my, my glasses on, DCSTM, uh, THRSE, TSAM, TSSM, FSBM, SMAT, and CR out. I'm sure that's control relay out. And so they have all these add-on instructions that you can use with their products. And on the left here, you can see all the different safety products from 1732, 1734, 1791, 5069, they also have a new tech data on their switch mode power supplies. So you can see some of them have the new hourglass look in the front. Uh, some of the other one pictures have not been updated, but in any case, these are for uh, your, typically your control system power supplies. Um, from there, now this was something that caught my eye. There's a new, uh, there's an updated redundancy reference manual to talk about doing redundancy updates. Okay, so if you're running the 5570 in redundancy, right? then uh, this is probably a manual you want to grab because it talks about a lot of different things. But uh, what caught my eye is, is, is specifically, this is updated for 33, 34, and 35. So if you want to upgrade to those latest firmwares, this is going to talk to you about all the requirements to do so and uh, how you have to do a stepped migration. You can't go right from 20 or 24 to 35. So in any case, um, although that would be cool if you could, but I wanted to share that guys uh, with you guys because if you're using redundancy and the 5570, this is some important information. Um, with that, there is a uh, excellent uh, new application technique for the um, GuardLink products here. You can see this here. So this is the GuardLink on machine network interface solution. So if you're using that, you want to check this out. And there's also on the VFD several new manuals out, right? Or updated manuals out. So. For the 750 series specifically, <coughs> we have uh, a new manual for the safe speed monitor option. We also have a new manual on the safe talk off option module for the 750. Now, if you're using the 755, 
There's a, another, a new manual on its safe talk off option module, as well as its integrated safety functions option module. And uh, they also released a new brochure about their plant-wide safety compliance and productivity uh, services and products here. So if you're interested in that, it looks like a well-done uh, brochure. Um, from there, we go over to Schneider, and uh, they released a new catalog on their Modicon power supplies. Now, I know Modicon as a PLC, right? We just had the good folks from Schneider on to bring us up to speed on the machine-level Modicon PLCs. But this is a new catalog on all the Modicon power supplies. So it looks like a pretty extensive list of uh, power supplies here. So I wanted to share that with you. We also have a new catalog on the what they're calling their Easy Altivar 610 series of VSDs, variable speed drives. And um, these are designed for drives and pumps. And I'm sorry, for pumps and fans, anywhere from a quarter to 160 kilowatts. So this seems like it's a, um, you know, I, I probably should have to talk to the guys about uh, talking more about this, what their e Easy series is. But in any case, so we got a new catalog on that and a new catalog on their Easy series of Lexium. Lexium 18 servo drives and the BCH18 servo motors. So if you're using those products, you'll definitely want to grab this updated catalog. Over at Fisher, we have a couple of new uh, manuals here. We have one new manual on the 1052 PSV Psi 60 rotary actuator and their pressure reg reducing regulators. Okay. From there, we'll finish up the new uh, documentation with some new documentation from Omron. They got a new catalog going through all of their IO-Link series devices. They also have a new uh, overview or presentation in PDF form of their robotic solutions. Um, they've updated their one field bus network Ethernet, EtherCAT, ugh, EtherCAT manual. And they have some uh, safety uh, brochures available. They have a, a longer catalog, a larger catalog with their safety services in it. And then they have a couple of smaller brochures, one with uh, talking about machine safety risk assessments and another talking about simple machine safety solutions. And with that, that's the end of today's show. If you think I missed anything, which I'm sure I did because I didn't get to all, I don't know, I don't know how many hundreds of web pages I look at every morning for the news, but um, just because of, of uh, it's Monday morning. Um, I didn't get to all of them. But so if you see something interesting, use the news tip either at theautomationblog.com or automate.news to send me your uh, news tip. You can choose to be get credit or not. Either way is good with me. Um, of course, I want to thank our sponsor, theautomationschool.com. They uh, sponsor the show to keep the lights on, allow us to do what we do. So if you know anybody who needs, needs uh, PLC, HMI, or SCADA training, please send them over to theautomationschool.com. And I also want to remind you, if you uh, like what we're doing and want to join our community, you can do so for the price of one cup of coffee a month. That's two bucks. And uh, you can do that over automation.locals.com. And uh, we just broke that level. We were hope hoping to break and support us. So I'm going to start doing some after shows just for uh, the Locals community here. I hope to start this week. And uh, you can also see there's uh, member-only posts. This is, this is a post talking about uh, where I was last week, why I was sick. And uh, we also have over at theautomationblog.com forward slash TAB, we have a list of all our content collections. So everything at the automation blog is free, but if you want to get an offline copy, say of our videos or all our control logics articles or all our compact logics articles, 
You can do that typically for anywhere from $3 to $10. And uh, I think I think on the Automation Podcast, I said this was $99. And no, it's $9.99. But in any case, um, you can see our Logics Book of Knowledge, our Compact E-Guide, our um, Video Collection. I said, somebody asked me, hey, if I buy this for $34, do I get a lifetime copy? And no. If you buy it for $30 on digital, you get lifetime streaming and downloads. Never expires. So um, I don't know where the $34 came from. But in any case, you can see all the different collections we have here, too, if you're only interested in certain products. Um, with that, we also have up there at the automationblog.com uh, a place where you can buy coffee cups, T-shirts, and other things to support the show if you are so inclined. We go from there over to automate.news. Now, I'm adding the links after the show just so I can live stream the show earlier in the day. So after the show, I, uh, I do have to make the... Uh, I do have to... Um, take the show and I have to uh, make an audio version and a video version for those places I can't live stream to. And especially for the podcast audience, because I want, I want to give you guys something to listen to as you're commuting. So um, after that's done and uploading, then I come up here and I start adding all the links. So a little bit later in the morning, typically I'm, my goal is to get it done before lunchtime. So automate.news, automate.news is where you'll find all the links from every single show we've done. I forget what episode we're on. What episode are we on? Let me click here on the last one we did on July 7th. Today's July 17th. So that was episode 73. So this is episode 74. So um, you'll find links to everything we've ever covered up there. Um, the first three months, four months we did, it was just a page of links. Now we're doing every link individually. So we can sort them. I still haven't fixed the sorting, but um, we hope to get that fixed uh Get that fixed uh, in the coming weeks here. So you can sort by category now. Unfortunately, I can't go back to it, but you can sort by category now and um, we'll get it sortable by vendors because I put the vendor in on every single link. So uh, eventually, if you're just using BNR, you're just using Umron, or you're just using Rockwell or Siemens, you'll be able to sort by them and see just their news. So I know that's a very uh, a big demand out there. So and with that, I just want to thank you for watching the show today with me. Oh, it's my first day back after being out sick. So I, I hope you uh, enjoyed the show. I didn't, hope I didn't go on too long. I hope I didn't cough too much. And I just want to wish you all a very happy, safe, and healthy week. And until next time, my friends, peace. <laughs>